You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step by step how to meet and seduce beautiful women. Women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week long fling, or a long term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And today's episode, we're going to be talking all about social anxiety. Now, if you go back into older podcasts, I did do one episode of social anxiety disorder with someone that I interviewed named Sebastian Van Deer. But uh, this time around, I'm going to be talking about it because I just learned a whole lot about social anxiety. And it's something that I want to share with you today. So whether you have social anxiety, you think you have social anxiety, you know, and I've learned that this is a problem that spans a very wide spectrum, all the way from someone who has maybe a little bit all the way to severe. One thing I have learned recently that it is the third most common psychiatric disorder next to depression and next to alcohol. Isn't that crazy? When I heard that, I was my mind was absolutely blown. Like up there with some of the big boys. I mean, depression, I think, is number one. Two is alcoholism. Three, social anxiety. It just goes to show you that a lot of people are suffering from this. A lot of people. And it, it made me feel good. I, I don't think I ever had true social anxiety, crippling social anxiety, where I need to see a therapist for it. But I did have some form of social anxiety. I was shy. You know, I was shy for sure. But it makes me feel good to know, like, hey, this is something that a lot of people have. I'm hoping that you feel that way too. Like, like, wow, you're not alone in this at all. So many people have this disorder or at least think they do or have gone to therapy for it or just feel, you know, this kind of shyness taking over. So that was very interesting. What I'm going to be taking a lot of my information from was another podcast that I heard. It's called The Shrink Wrap Radio, and they did an interview with Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. And I'm trying to get Dr. Ellen on the show. I just emailed her recently, so we might do a little bit of a of a redo here, but I don't know if we're going to get her on. So at least for now, I'd like to share some information with you and kind of get things started here. Let me just correct myself. Sebastian Van Der Schirier, I believe uh, that is the, not I believe that, no, that is the actual name of the person who I interviewed January 6, 2016 on social anxiety. So you can check that out. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher. You'll see it was posted on January 6, 2016, talking about social anxiety if you want to learn more. But I think we're going to get a lot of good stuff out of today. So like I said, the third most common problem next to depression and alcoholism just completely mind-blowing. So what is social anxiety? Social anxiety is the perception that there's something embarrassing about us that unless we work hard to conceal it, will be revealed and then judged and or rejected. So that's why you have some form of shyness or social anxiety. Because there's something about you that you don't like, that you haven't accepted about yourself, that you're not okay with, maybe something about you and your looks your personality, the way you talk to people. And so you want to hide it, conceal it, so that you don't get judged. In fact, I still have a little bit of that, right? I don't think it ever goes away. It's just more 
how you deal with it. So for example, I remember I was, I don't think it was last week or two weeks ago, I was just out and about. And you know, sometimes when you're, and I work from home a lot, so there's days that go by where I don't interact with a human. I mean, maybe over the phone or text messaging, but not in person. And so that can really drain you at times. So there's times when I go out, I'm like, whoa, humans, whoa, there's humans everywhere. Like, I'm not used to this. I don't work in a, in a big office full of people, right? Everything is at TripAdvice is, is fairly virtual. So I just find it interesting. It's like, I'll go out and a little bit of anxiety comes in because I'll go, oh yeah, the people around, I, I'm not used to this. and I'm not, I'm not out there all the time. And some of those old thoughts came back, those thoughts about, oh, people looking, judging. Yes, that's right. Trip still goes to these things. You know, I am still human. But the thing is, is I deal with them very fast because I know how to deal with them. I've been through this situation before. And I, one of the reasons why I should, I'm doing this podcast right now is because I was inspired by that moment. And in that moment, I was literally thinking this. When this came from the podcast where they said, social anxiety is the perception that there's something embarrassing about us that unless we work hard to conceal, we'll be revealed and then judged and or rejected. And I thought about in that moment, wow, you know, why is this kind of social anxiety coming up again? Oh, because I fear that someone is going to judge me or reject me. And by the way, this is all happening within like five seconds, okay? Because our brains work so fast. But I'm, as I'm explaining, it's sounding like it's, ta- it's happening a lot longer. But this is on a five to 10 second period where you know, it's like, oh, why would I be afraid? Or, yeah, it was, if I go that far to feel that someone has judged me or rejected me, or let's just say, well, they're not going to reject me because I'm not talking to them. But if they're judging me from afar, what effect is that going to actually have on my life? Like actually like tangible effect. Like, okay, I might feel crappy that someone is judging me. But by the way, I don't know for sure. That's just a thought in my head as I'm just walking through a public place. So just imagine that everyone is judging you. The reality of that is, what effect does it play? It doesn't play any effect. It will literally have no effect on my life whatsoever. Whatsoever. Because even if they are judging me, again, this is worst case, right? This is not even realistic. But just the worst crazy case that everyone you walk by is looking at you and saying, oh, I hate that person. <laughs> Who is this loser? Who is this stupid idiot? Like, What effect does that have? Absolutely nothing. Nothing in my life will actually change because of that. Again, my thoughts and feelings might change, but we're talking about what's happening in the real world. Will anything change? Not one thing. And in that moment, it was like, oh yeah, then it doesn't matter. It has no effect or bearing on my life because of that. Kind of weird, right? Kind of interesting. So that was one of the ways that I got over it very quickly, is that it doesn't matter. Now, again, this is, this is a little bit different. This is just me walking through life, you know, out and about on the streets. This isn't, let's say, being in a conversation. But if you really take it to that level, it's the same thing. Okay, let's say you're talking to a girl, for example, and they reject you or they judge you or they think you're a loser. Okay, so what effect did that have in your life? That effect right there is, well, you don't get to be with her. You don't have the opportunity with her. Okay, so what's the problem with that? Well, nothing really. You probably wouldn't have been with her anyways if you didn't try, right? So if you didn't even go up and try to approach her or try to talk to her, you would have been in the exact same place. Again, we're just looking at this completely objectively, taking all feelings and emotions out of this. The problem is, is that guys, when they get rejected, I believe deep down inside, it proves to them, falsely, but it proves to them in their head, oh, that's right. 
It confirms their suspicions of them being a loser, not good enough, not worthy, and that they confirm that, well, look, now I'm embarrassed. And that's exactly what I didn't want. And so that's something we're going to try to get over today. Okay, so let's keep going. So if you ever feel that urge to conceal something, Ellen discusses that this is the red flag. So anytime you feel like when you're going out, you're trying to conceal something, maybe you're not talking very loud or you're just dressing kind of normal or you're just avoiding people, you're just trying to conceal yourself, this is a red flag that you might have social anxiety or some sort of shyness. Okay. And here's a crazy statistic that I learned. 40% of people have said that they are shy. So more than half the people are actually diagnosing themselves or labeling themselves as shy. And 80% have said that they've felt the feeling of being shy. That means 80%, 8 out of 10 people that you walk across anywhere has said that they have felt shy in, in one moment or another, at least one moment in their life. Wow. Talk about high numbers here. Very high numbers. And then 13% in some point of their life say that social anxiety gets in the way of living life. So now we're talking about, you know, one out of 10 people, 1.3 out of 10 people are saying that like social anxiety is actually like is a detriment to their life. It gets so bad. Okay. So this these are the numbers. Wild. I mean, really just just mind-blowing to me, but it makes sense. I mean, if you had any idea the numbers that you've you may have seen on my YouTube channel and the numbers I've seen on my podcast of downloads, there's a lot of guys out there that are dealing with these issues of shyness, of social anxiety, of approach anxiety, of of feeling inadequate. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, right? Also, the fact that technology, technology is something that is <laughs> is tough because it's it's got a little bit of a a problem with it as well. It's helping us avoid people and it's making us more anxious. So this is the problem with online dating. This is why I really have such a love hate relationship with that online dating. You know, you've heard me say before in some podcasts that I think it's great. People should be using. In other podcasts, I say don't do it. You know, I think I change my mind every like four to six months on the online dating. Where I'm at right now is really just thinking that online dating is fine. You know, download an app, download one site, keep to it a little bit, but please spend seventy percent of your time trying to meet women in person. I think it's making. Well, it's said here in this podcast. Ellen said that the technology has been proven to to make us more anxious because we're avoiding people. What happens when you avoid the thing that makes you anxious? It just makes you more anxious. It just makes you more anxious. So, really, my advice to you, my friend, is please keep even. You know, let's go forget online dating for a second. Let's just talk about even communication. Try to keep texting to a minimum. Try to keep interacting with other humans on social media to a minimum. Try to meet more people. You want to get less anxious socially, you got to socialize in person, by the way, because that's what social anxiety is. I think it's rare that there's a large group of people who are socially anxious over technology. Probably none, because why would you? There's no one to deal with, just a screen. The, The social anxiety, it's stemming from the fact that you can't deal with people. You can't deal with people being in person with someone. Okay. Now, 
let's dig in a little bit even deeper. So what people have been learning as they're trying to conquer social anxiety is that anxiety, the feeling of anxiety, is actually worse than doing the thing. That's the crazy part about it. Your pain that you're feeling, your emotional pain of this anxiety. So for example, when you see a girl and you want to go talk to her, the feeling that you're feeling in that moment, this is, by the way, powerful stuff right here. This is like a hack. Okay, so listen up here. Take this note. The feeling that you're feeling in that moment of like, whoa, I want to talk to her, but I can't. Whoa, I want to talk to those people, but I can't. That feeling that's happening in that moment, in your body, in your mind, is actually worse is actually worse than when you're going up and doing the talking. It's actually worse. So remember that. Remember that if you want to reduce the anxiety, you need to actually go up and start talking to the person. Now, it might be tough because I've been through this, and even when you're up there talking to a girl, you're still kind of freaking out a little bit. I mean, it's not like you go talk to her and you're like, oh, anxiety gone. All right, let's do this. No, you're, you're still anxious, you're still a little scared, and you're still kind of freaking out. But trust me, when you're in there, it's not as bad as when you're out. I mean, before. Okay? So the feeling before is worse than the feeling when you're in. And then you know what happens? This beautiful, beautiful resolution is when it does end. Maybe you get her number. Maybe she rejected you. It doesn't even matter. Maybe you end up taking her on a date. When it's done, the, that initial interaction, and you walk away, you feel great. You feel great. It's very rare that you're actually going to be embarrassed. But even so, you're going to walk away and feel relieved. That relief is worth it. That relief takes future anxiety you and reduces it. So the next time you want to talk to a girl and you feel that anxiety, it's just a little bit less. Why? Because you know what it's like. You know what it's like to go over there and talk to that girl. You know what it feels like. I'm not saying that you know just doing it a couple times is going to cure you. It's a thing you have to repeat over and over, but it works. Okay. I mean, here's another thing that I heard from Ellen too. This is kind of cool. This is almost related to anything, but absolutely with talking to the girls. She says, ideas like going to the gym, talking to girls, talking to people, doing the thing that's hard to do, you want to really work backwards here. People think that they need inspiration to go off and do something. So it's like, oh, I want to feel like, you know, motivated before I go to the gym. Like, I want to feel good. Like, I don't feel like going to the gym now. Like, I'll go and I feel up to it. Or like, oh, I want to feel like up to like talking to that girl. But like, oh, it's after work and I don't feel like it. Or I just got to feel motivated. Or to, you know, do do whatever they got to do. A project, a goal. It's like, oh, I don't feel like it. People wait for the motivation. But the trick is, is this all works backwards. Inspiration, don't wait for it. Okay. You'll get inspiration from taking the action. So if you ever see a girl that you want to talk to, a group of people that you want to talk to, you're not going to necessarily, you know, maybe once in a while, maybe one time you'll be like, okay, now I feel like it. Now I'll have the inspiration. Now I feel like doing it. Like you're never going to feel like doing it. It's taking the action that makes you feel like doing it. For example, like going to the gym. You know, most of the time you're probably not going to feel like going to the gym, but once you're there, okay, then you're in it, right? Start an, start an exercise and then you're in it. I remember hearing from this one audiobook, it's called Mini Habits. He talks about the one push-up method. And he says your goal, if you're trying to work out, should be just to do one push-up a day. And he says that because it's exponentially harder to go from zero push-ups a day to one push-up than it is to do five push-ups. Meaning 
it's a huge leap to start taking action. It's a huge leap to start doing anything. Getting started is the hardest part, but once you do, you want to do more. It's very rare that if you can actually get to the point where you do one push-up a day, it's very rare that you're just going to stop there. You're going to probably keep going because you already broke through the hardest barrier of doing the first push-up. So might as well do two, three, four, five. Now you're kind of feeling a little bit jacked up. Okay, let's go for 10. You know what? Your blood's pumping. You're in the moment. You're in the zone. You're in the flow. Let's do some more workout. Let's do some squats. Let's go for a run, whatever it is. Same thing with talking to people. You're not going to feel like doing it ever. You just got to go do it. And then it gets you more in the mood. That's why I always say to guys, you got to do warm-ups. That's the key. When you go out and you want to talk to girls, you do warm-ups first. Warm-ups, meaning go up to a few girls and just say, hey, keep walking. Hey, you look nice today. Keep walking. Do five of those. You're going to be ready to go to approach a girl that you want to talk to because you're in that zone. You're in that moment. You feel inspired. So always remember to do warm-ups before you go out and actually learn how to talk to more girls if you're if you're in that moment of like all right today's practice day now i want to talk a little bit about shyness versus introversion a lot of guys get this wrong i don't blame them we've kind of learned very quickly that extrovert and introverted you know seems like one is social one is shy but that's not the case it's not the case Okay, so I just want to give you an idea of what this all means so you can learn about it. I think it's going to help you out. Just understand the real definitions here. So you might be thinking, I'm an introverted person, right? You you might be thinking that. You might be saying to yourself, I'm introverted. Yeah, it's because introverts are really shy. That's not true. Shyness is not related to introversion or extroversion. Introversion and extroversion is a personality trait. It's where you get your energy from. So if you're an introverted person, you get your energy from spending time alone. Okay, you get your energy. So you recharge by being alone. An extroverted person recharges by being around other people. However, you can still be socially anxious. In fact, I'll say this to you that's me. I'm a socially anxious extrovert, right? Well, not so socially anxious anymore because I worked on it for many years, but I was a socially anxious extrovert. I still am an extrovert. And I've heard things like, oh, it's a lot easier for people who are extroverted to get girls, there's no difference. It doesn't matter. Introverted and extroverted, it's not, that's not how it works. Okay. I'm a very extroverted person. I recharge from other people, but that doesn't mean that I think it's easy to go and talk to other people. That's the difference. It didn't make it any easier. The fact that I, I recharge from being around big groups of people, it was still scary to me. You know, I do like it. I do like being around people, but I like being around people when I'm not feeling that shy. Okay. So still difficult for me. And just remember whether you're an extrovert or introvert, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just where you get your energy from. But focus on the shyness part of it and the socially anxious part of it and taking that and trying to fix that. And the way you're going to do that is by making it an agenda. And this is something that I've been preaching for a very long time. And it just got confirmed by Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, where she talks about giving yourself an agenda to make more certainty in social environments. So that's the thing is people who are socially anxious, they want more certainty, right? We want more certainty of what's going to happen, but we don't have that. We don't have that when we're going out. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen when we talk to someone, right? We want to conceal things. So you need an agenda. This is why when you get my hooked program, 
you will learn a little bit about what that agenda is. And I'll tell you right now, but first I want you to listen to this so you can learn where to get my program hooked. Hey, it's Trip Kramer. How would you like to be the man that women are naturally drawn to and command the animalistic magnetism that makes women desperately compete to become your lover? It's not enough to attract her. You've got to get her hooked. And that's why I'm inviting you to learn how to create an amazing abundance in your dating life that will make your friends grab you and demand to know what you're doing differently. You'll learn how to turn a female friend into a lover, how to set up a first date that naturally leads to sex. You'll even learn to get your ex-girlfriend or wife back if that's what you want. This program, Hooked, will get you everything you need to enjoy the sex life and dating life you know you deserve. Go to GetHerHooked.com to learn how to get a woman completely addicted to you. 100% money back guaranteed. GetHerHooked.com So in that program, again, Hooked at GetHerHooked.com, I actually have a bonus in there. It's called The Date Machine. It gives you a full agenda of how to practice going out and meeting girls and putting it into place so you know exactly what to do. I give you a full detailed schedule of a four-week outline of how to go out and start this process because that's the only way to defeat social anxiety. And I'll give you a little sample right now. But basically what you can do is you, know, you can outline every week kind of what your challenges are and what kind of little steps to take so you can start talking to more people. That can be talking to one person every day who's a stranger. And the second week, maybe talking to two people every day, third week, three people, four weeks, so on. Okay? It's really up to you how you want to do it, but it's about putting into practice, okay, I'm going to go to this party tonight. I was invited to this party. I'm going to go talk to five people. That's my agenda. That's what I got to do. No matter what the outcome, I'm just going to go and talk to five different people. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. Putting yourself into an agenda state and a more goal-oriented state is going to help you a ton in this area to really solve this problem. Again, I talk more in detail about this in my program Hooked so you can learn more about how to do that. Another thing, this is, this is great. I, I think you're really going to like this part. Ellen talks about safety behaviors, okay? So you got to look out for these. There are certain safety behaviors that people do with anxiety, social anxiety, with shyness. They have these safety behaviors that they do. And you got to be aware of these because these safety behaviors are actually making it worse for you when you're going out and talking to people. So here's an example of a safety behavior that you're doing when you're going out is maybe, for example, you're talking very fast. So you're talking really fast like this. When you go up to a girl, you're like, hey, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? You're talking really fast. That's a safety behavior because you're thinking in your head, it's not logical, you're thinking in your head, oh, if I just like, talk to this person really fast, then they can go faster and I can get over with. But the thing is, is these safety behaviors create a bad feedback loop, okay? A very bad feedback loop. So what happens is when you have these safety behaviors, and I'm going to give you like, five or six more examples of more safety behaviors in a second here. But when you have these safety behaviors, you actually act less confident and you look more anxious and it doesn't help you. So the idea here is if you act confident, you actually feel more confident. When you have a safety behavior and you're doing something to either conceal yourself or you're doing something like talking really fast, you're going to feel more anxious. So it's kind of like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Maybe you've heard that. That's kind of where it comes from. And it's true. 
is if you act more relaxed, if you are aware of these safety behaviors, get rid of them, you're going to feel more confident because you're acting more confident. So here's some examples here, okay? So asking the other person many questions when speaking with someone new. What does this do? This keeps the focus off of you. That's a safety behavior. If you keep the focus off of you and onto them, well, it's going to be easier for you to conceal yourself. And I bet you're doing a lot with girls, right? You're probably asking them a bunch of questions. Another one is selecting a position in the situation to avoid excessive scrutiny. Example of that would be sitting in the back of the room, right? You've heard of the term a wallflower, person who is you know, against the wall, just kind of with themselves. I'd say another one is holding your drink up. It's like this drink that you're holding. It's a safety behavior because it feels like it's blocking you. Or even drinking alcohol, that's a, that is a safety behavior in itself because you know, it makes you feel better. feels like uh, you don't have to deal with yourself because you're in another state, another mental state. Uh, averting eye contact to avoid being noticed by others. A lot of people will not give eye contact, so they will not be noticed by other people, therefore conceal themselves. But of course, if you've been listening to my stuff for a long time, you know that eye contact is one of the best ways to attract someone and the best way to look confident. So you should start giving eye contact more and more so you can feel more confident. Another one is taking on roles in social situations so that one does not have to interact. For example, taking pictures or setting up equipment. It's like you're helping out a lot in the kitchen or you're doing things like putting things away or just helping out so you don't have to deal with people. That's a big one, especially at parties. Another one is taking drugs. And I also said alcohol, right? So taking drugs to feel less anxious, that is an absolute safety behavior. Wearing neutral clothing to avoid calling attention to oneself. So wearing something that's not so outrageous, you know, not wearing something interesting or sexy because you don't want people to see you. Another one is very specifically wearing turtlenecks or wearing hair in a certain way to cover blushing. That's an interesting one. Interesting one. Wearing turtlenecks or wearing hair in a certain way so no one sees you blushing. Another one is, this is interesting, avoiding any substances or activities that might induce anxiety or symptoms like caffeine, spicy food, physical exertion, warm clothing. So things like that, right? So you might think, okay, I want to reduce anxiety. I'm not going to do those things. The thing is, is again, you're just reinforcing all, all these safety behaviors. You're reinforcing the fact that you even have social anxiety, probably making you feel even worse than you already do. So what we want to do is we want, we want to become aware of these. So hopefully you're taking notes. You wrote some of these down and you're like, wait a minute, I totally do that. Yep, I do that one. Take note of that. Get rid of that. Stop doing these safety behaviors. Put yourself out there. Cut the safety rope is what I'm telling you to do because that's going to make you actually more confident because you're going to be practicing this stuff and you're going to be stepping into what a confident person might do. I know, easier said than done, but this is going to be the way you're going to reduce social anxiety, cutting the safe behaviors and getting on an agenda. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should, because I post a lot of cool stuff on there. It's like daily pictures, which usually have a, a nice little caption that helps motivate you. So follow me on Instagram, Trip Advice. I just posted on there uh, recently a picture of me, and I put on there a quote from Dr. Ellen Hendrickson that said this, the self we are without fear is our true self. I'll say that again. The self that we are without fear is our true self. So the true you, the most authentic form of you, 
the most real you that exists is the one without the fear. So it's funny because I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, we're all scared to show off who we are. And of course, when you're so scared to do it, you're going to show off this person that's not actually you. It's this scared version of you, which is not attractive. So the thing you're scared of the most is the thing that is actually existing inside of you that is making you appear not like the coolest person. So what if we just were able to, for example, remove the fear completely? Like, What if I could do that? What if there's just a magic pill? What if there was a magic pill that just got rid of all your fear? Who would you be? I want you to think about that after today's episode. Just, you know, just think about for like just a minute, two minutes. What does the you look like that doesn't have any fear? Really picture it. Visualize it. Sit back and think about that for a second. What does that you look like? Because that's the real you. Underneath all the fear, the anxiety is the true you. Because fear and anxiety is not you. It's just an emotion. It's just a state of being. It's a feeling. You're not a person who's always happy, always sad, always anxious. There are times when you don't feel those things. So naturally, with that being said, those are just states that you are in temporarily. These are temporary states. They're not you. The you is the person behind all of the emotions. Just at this calm, this very peaceful, calm you. That's the person we want to find. That's the person we want to take out in the real world and be around people. That's the person who's going to attract more women than you would ever believe. The fearless guy. That could be you. You just got to have an agenda. You got to build up a little courage. If it's that bad, I highly suggest going to a therapist to work this out. But at the end of the day, the answer is right here, my friend. You want to get rid of social anxiety. You want to get rid of fear. You got to take action. But here's the thing. I'm not asking you to go out and talk to the hottest girl in the world and get her number right now. I know that's probably scary, but I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you just to go out and try something really tiny, just something really small, the small step you could take. What's a small step you could take to go out there and start talking to other people? You know, maybe it's helping an old lady across the street. Maybe it's talking to the cashier. Maybe it's asking someone directions somewhere. Again, I go deeper into this in my program called Hooked at GetHerHooked.com. But can you do that this week? Can you just take one moment, one moment to just go out there and just talk to one person? It doesn't matter what it is. It could even be a guy. Talk to anyone. Try to make it happen because that's the way. It's baby steps. Baby steps of exposure therapy. See if you can do that this week. People will like you more when you are as you as you could get. Then again, that you, the authentic you, the genuine you, the raw you, is the one without the fear and the anxiety. You're somewhere behind it. I know you're there. See if you can bring it out. Thanks for listening to this episode of How to Talk to Girls. We went deep today. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope this helped. And I'll see you in the next episode.